0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
2: The Orlando Magic have done something with their second round picks. I, I know, crazy. They, they, they trade them for things in the future, This time, though, they might have gotten a positive asset. We'll talk about that trade that happened Sunday, plus how the rookies fared at Summer League. We'll we'll begin our Summer League recap today on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked
1: On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is, as I'm recording this, July 16th, 2023. It'll be July 17th, 2023 when you likely listen to this. My name is Philip ross and I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic made a trade. A minor one, maybe a big one. Who's to say? The Magic make a deal with the Phoenix Suns. They give away a couple second-round picks once again, but this time they maybe get a first. Maybe. We'll find out in a couple years. I'll break down this trade with the Phoenix Suns as the Orlando Magic continue to spin their second-round picks forward, although not so much this time. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment, plus how the rookies fared in Summer League. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload – we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize First time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match of up to 100 with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code LOCKEDON. So Sunday morning. We got a surprise announcement. The kind of announcement that can only come because all the GMs are in one spot and talking and thinking up crazy ideas. The Magic made a trade. And really this trade this trade feels very much of the same piece of the kind of deals the Magic have tended to make with their second round picks, but it's a little bit different in that there is a the chance to get something of real value here and something that could really turn into something interesting and something special or something good for this Orlando Magic team. Let's work through the details of the trade first because it's going to get a little complicated. The Orlando Magic have traded three second-round picks. Don't worry about the number yet. Three second-round picks to the Phoenix Suns for a pick swap right in the 2026 draft. Now, that pick swap is itself kind of a second pick swap because the Washington Wizards also have pick swap rights to the Phoenix Suns pick in 2026. It is expected that the Wizards have the first option to pe- to, to pick swap with the Suns. So if the Suns somehow crater and have a bad record, that the Wizards can flip with them. Um but the Wizards will have the first option to pick swap with the Suns and then the Magic will have the second option to pick to pick with the Suns. Um it's really important that this concept gets really hammered home. In all likelihood, it's going to work out that the Magic will get the second best of the Wizards Sons and Magic's pick in the 2026 first round. But that's not quite the deal here. The Wizards cannot touch the Magic's pick. That magic pick is safely and en- wrapped in a cocoon away from the Washington Wizards. Essentially, it's this: like, let's say that the Wizards end up with the f- eighth pick. I don't, they may not be that good, but with the eighth pick, Orlando's at 18 and Phoenix is at 25. Well, Washington could, if they wanted to, if they're really wanting to get crazy, could swap eight and twenty-five. They're not going to do that. Orlando then could decide, hey, we could swap eighteen and twenty-five. They're not going to do that. But essentially, what this is there's there's two sides to this trade. And the first side is the Phoenix Suns are trying to restock their their draft cash so that they can maybe make some trades down the road and kind of help themselves uh, improve uh, in in the next few years as they try and compete for a championship. Um, this is not necessarily about using the picks that the Magic get, and we'll get uh, that the Magic gave them, which we will get to in a minute. Because three second-round picks for the right to swap picks when you're pro- when that's probably not going to be necessary feels like a lot. So what Phoenix appears to be trying to do with this trade is just restock the cupboard a little bit. They spent a lot of draft picks to get Bradley Beal. They spent a lot of draft picks to get Kevin Durant. They needed some more draft picks, and so what they're essentially doing is they're betting that we're going to be very, very good. That in the 2026 season, um, entering the 2026 draft, we're going to be competing for championships. We don't need to worry about first round picks. If those teams want to pick swap us, they're not going to need to because we're going to be really, really good. So they're betting on their own success while also restocking the cupboard of draft picks. Again, we'll get to what the Magic actually gave them and why that's not really a big deal. What the Magic are doing here is A, they don't use second round picks. They've used two second round picks. Uh, They've drafted and used two second round picks in Jeff Weltman's entire tenure. They've actually drafted three, used two. Justin Jackson never did actually make it over to the Orlando, make it up to the Orlando Magic. The only two that the Magic have used are, 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 sorry, they've used, they've drafted four, used three. There we go. Drafted four, used three. They uh, used Weston Wundu, they used Melvin Frazier, they used Caleb Houston, they drafted Justin Jackson. He never made it to the NBA. Um, every other second round pick and the Magic have a lot. And they, they have 12 entering Sunday, the Magic had 12 second round picks owed to them, uh, that they that they that they owned. Um, we'll get into some of those here in a minute. Um, and, and the ones that the Magic actually traded away here. Um, the Magic have been very protective of their picks, but when it becomes time for them to pick and use these second round picks. They've typically made trades to trade them down the road. They kick them down the road. Like this year, they had the 36th pick in the draft. They traded it to the Milwaukee Bucks for a 2028 20, second round pick. You know, again, that's everyone criticizes Jeff Weltman for this, and I, I agree with the criticism to some extent. And maybe that'll be a topic that we hit later on in the week, or certainly a topic that I'm planning to talk about on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and a topic that I spoke a little bit about on Patreon on Sun on the Patreon page, Orlando Magic Hub, on Sunday. Um, this this is of the piece of what the Orlando Magic typically do with second-round picks. Now, as the news was un- evolving and, and coming out, everyone was like, why are the Magic trading three second-round picks for a pick swap that isn't going to convey? Or, or more, more likely than not, isn't going to convey. You know, who knows? Maybe the Magic are contending for a championship. They've got the 20th pick. Phoenix is at 25. They pick swap. That's, you move up a couple spots that's what it's there for. That's why it could be very, very valuable if the Magic get really, really good very, very quickly. It's also uh, 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 something that they have in their back pocket to use in a trade as well. Saying like, "Hey, we got this 2026 first-round pick. It could be our pick. It could be Phoenix's pick. It could be Washington's pick. Who knows? That that could be enticing in a trade. That, that could be a little bit of a different uh, element in a trade as well. Um, but why would the Magic give up three second-round picks? For this pick swap, that look is may, may or may not convey. And if it does, it's probably going to be in the 20s or high teens. Um, I told, I, I was talking to people as this news was unfolding, and I said, hey, before we get to it, do this, let's see which picks they send because the Magic have a lot of picks and a lot of picks that are probably not going to be super valuable. And so it came out that the Magic indeed traded away picks that are not going to be super good. According to Adrian Wojnarowski and Bobby Marks of ESPN, the three second-round picks that the Magic sent to the Phoenix Suns are 2024 Denver Nuggets second-round pick. Um, that pick was acquired in the uh, in the Mo Bamba trade. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, via the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so they traded a 2024 Denver pick, which Denver was the second seed, was a top seed in the Western Conference last year, championship contender. That second-round pick is going to be in the fifties like very, very comfortably will be in the fifties. They're going to trade the least favorable of three 2026 second round picks. They have their own Detroit and Milwaukee's the Detroit pick came from the Jason Preston trade, uh, on draft night in 20 and 2020. Um, which again, they traded him the Clippers, which a lot of people thought was weird. Um, and also, uh, the 2026 bucks pick comes from the Jordan Wara trade, which i believe was in 2019 if i'm not mistaken 2018 or 2019 i'm blanking on when when what year that occurred um so again they trade away in this instance essentially that Milwaukee pick which is probably again going to be in the 50s that Orlando pick you know that might be valuable the Detroit pick might be valuable but they get the least favorable of those three that Milwaukee pick's going to be in the 50s so not losing a ton of skin off their back there and then the final pick that they traded was a 2028 second round pick that is top forty-five protected that the Magic acquired in the Bull-Bull trade. Again, top forty-five protected. That could be valuable, you know. Nicole Jokic, Gilbert Rieners was drafted forty-second. Uh, Nikola Jokic was drafted what forty-first, forty-third, somewhere there. Guys do slip through the cracks, and there are good players out there in the second round. And the Magic do need to value second-round picks. But at the end of the day, knowing how Jeff Weltman acts with these second-round picks, knowing how the Magic have have a loaded young roster and that's probably not going to change in the next two years, the magic traded away a bunch of draft picks that they're not going to use instead of spinning it forward into more second round picks that they're probably not going to use as magic again, entering Sunday held 12 total second round picks from now until 2030. Um, including all of their own picks, which the magic own all of their own draft picks. They, they, you know, they've, they've done a very good job keeping those draft assets available. Um, the Magic, instead of trading these picks for future seconds down the road, traded it for an opportunity at a first. Now, again, they may not get that first. That, that, that They may decline that option when it comes up. Uh, and that could be that. And then Magic will have traded three second round picks for nothing. But at the end of the day, these are low-value second round picks. Um, so it's a little bit of a gamble. Like, no doubt. Magic rolling the dice a little bit here to say, okay, this is where we envision our team being. This is maybe where we envision the Suns being because uh entering the 2027 season or after the 2026 season, Kevin Durant will be entering his year 38 season. Uh, he'll be 37 years old. Um, Bradley Beal will be entering his year 32 season. The Suns are not going to be getting any younger. They know their window is now. And so you know, they're a team that doesn't have a lot of depth, you know, yes, they're super talented at the top of their roster. We will see whether they are actual title contenders. And of course, we'll see how much better the Magic end up getting in two years time. I think this is a creative way to use these second round picks. I think that this is an interesting idea. I, I, knowing how the Magic act, I think that they're probably not using these picks anyway. So this is an interesting way to use it. But I also think that this is also opportunity lost at the end of the day, and I don't. And again, like maybe I'm being on more on the pessimistic side. I don't think the Magic are going to be taking that option uh, with the Suns two years from now. So at the end of the day, even so, they'll have traded three second round picks, get three low value second round picks, but three second round picks maybe to move up two three spots in the draft. Maybe that'll matter. Maybe it will. We'll find out in the 2026 draft. Today, though, I wanted to talk about Summer League. We're going we're gonna to kind of split our Summer League recap into two parts. Today, we'll talk about the rookies. When we come back, we will chat about Anthony Black and what we saw from the Magic Guard. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Look, NBA Summer League is coming to an end, but the sports world does not stop. It really doesn't. We got baseball going on. We got NASCAR going on. We got formula one going on. We got the WNBA going on. There's still plenty to talk about in the sports world. And if you want to get in on the sports action, the best way to do that is with prize picks. We all play daily fantasy and there's nothing confusing about daily fantasy with prize picks. You go to those other sites, you're competing against all the sharks in the water. They're smelling blood all the time. And you're just happy to get your money back with prize picks. It is you against the numbers. You predict whether my girl, Nafisa Collier, is going to score more than 23 points, and I think it's Tuesday's game against the Las Vegas Aces. You know she's going to. I don't care how good the Aces are. You take. You say that Nafisa Collier is going to score more than that. You get my girl, Kelsey Plum, who I also really like, but I'm, I'm loose links all the way. You think she's going to score less than 22 and a half points because that Lynx defense is going to shut her down, that's, that's that's not going to happen. The aces are going to win. Um, then you say so on prize picks. All you have to do is pick two to six players. So if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the numbers. And like I said, they offer projections on any sport that you can think of. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida, as well as in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit matchup up to $100 with promo code On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100.
0: This is Jake from Locked On.
2: kind of stretch out our summer league content here a little bit. We're going to do a quick summer league review, talk about the things that we learned from summer league and, and recap it a little bit. Um, we'll do some more of it on tomorrow's episode. I want to make sure I talk about the magic trade and, and all that. We talked a little bit about summer league uh, and kind of the overarching, uh, takeaways, at least from Saturday's game uh, on the show, on the show yesterday. Uh, so I, I, i I'll rehash some of these thoughts and some of these ideas. Um, uh, but I want to spend the rest of today's show talking about the rookies. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about them tomorrow too. Um, but at the end of the day, what really mattered from Summer League is how the Magic's rookies looked. What really, 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 really mattered about Summer League is whether Anthony Black and Jet Howard look like they can play. Uh, and, you know, I, I say this every year about Summer League. Summer League is not about figuring out who can play. Um, you know, it's... It, The the roles are different. The competition's different. Uh, It's better to know a guy can do something than he can't. But at the end of the day, it's not about figuring out who can play. Summer League is about figuring out who can't play. There's a lot of information being thrown at these rookies and a lot of information being thrown at these players. And frankly, a lot of it is sink or swim. And what the Magic want to see from a first-round pick, and and they talked about simplifying things and making things easy. They want to see how quickly... Anthony Black, especially as the point guard, can consume and and process information and apply it on the basketball court. They want to see how he works under quasi-NBA conditions where you're playing a game every other day, where the games come fast and they do not stop. And so for those three games, that's what really matters. I, I'm am a I'm a big believer that what we needed to see from Anthony Black is mainly just to see him hold his own mainly just to see him look comfortable and look like he can do things. You expect point guards, especially rookie point guards, to make mistakes. And he made plenty, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But at the end of the day, Anthony Black's run at Summer League and run in Las Vegas was successful because he looked like he belonged. Um, I I made this point yesterday when you watched um, the Boston Celtics play, especially J.D. Davison, and, and I'm blanking on... The kid's name, Jordan Walsh from Arkansas. When you watch those kids play, they look heads and tails better than everyone else on the floor. And the Magic just did not have anyone that seemed capable of stepping up to that NBA stage, to that NBA play. Um, not that play. Anthony Black, Jet Howard, Kevon Harris, Caleb Houston, when they all four of those guys were on the floor, the Magic were fine, they were competitive, they were winning a lot of those minutes... That's why I'm not worried about how these guys play. The Magic pretty much won the minutes that Anthony Black was in. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. He looked willing to make mistakes, willing to explore what he can and cannot do, and learned a lot of those things in the process as well. Um, Black's averages for Summer League, 11 points per game, 8.7 rebounds per game, ended up leading the team in rebounds, 4 assists per game, Uh, also averaged 4 turnovers per game. He had 7 in the first game and 5 in the third game, with 0 in the second game, so... A little bit of a roller coaster there. Shot 13 for 32 from the floor, 40.6%, and just one of six from three. Struggled a little bit from the foul line as well. What I think we saw from Black and why I think it was a successful run at summer league for him was that calm and composure. We saw him pick his spots and pick his moments to attack and and pick his moments to to um, to, to 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 get into the paint. We saw him pick up the pace and control the tempo, and really to me. That's what stood out most about Anthony Black and his time in Summer League. Um, Anthony Black never looked like he was sped up. Um, So many of these guys, so many of these players talk about the speed of the game. The biggest thing they have to adjust to is the speed of the game, how fast and how quickly everyone's moving, uh, how quickly they have to process information. And honestly, if Anthony Black had a problem in Summer League, it's that he was too slow is that he slowed things down so much that everyone kind of could keep up with him a little bit. And I wanted to see him pick up the pace a little bit more. I wanted to see him kind of explode to the rim a little bit more. I think he was so sometimes focused on passing and, and, and a little unconfident with his shot, which we knew he might be coming in, um, a little unconfident with the shot that he was trying to set everyone else up. And so he was just moving really slowly and granted, granted he didn't have great teammates to pass to. Like, I'm I'm not afraid to say that about, about the group that he was playing with. Um, it it wasn't, obviously the Magic were one of two teams that went winless at Summer League. Um, they officially fi- finished last in Summer League based off the, tie, off the score differential tiebreaker. Um, it, it wasn't a good roster. It wasn't a good roster that was put together. But Anthony Black definitely had a lot of positive moments. And like I said, I, I, he looked like he belonged. He looked like he was one of the better players on the court. And he played like it even if he didn't have the big scoring numbers or the assist numbers or whatever, you knew he was on the court. He did great defensive work on Jay Nivey and Benedict Matherin players that he will be matched up with when he gets to, um, when he gets to the NBA in the regular season, he did a lot of really good things. And I think there's a lot to be very excited and, and happy about. Having said that he struggled in a lot of the ways that I think we expected him to struggle. He, um, isn't a great finisher or isn't a great shooter yet. Um, it takes a while to get into a shot. Um, it's still a work in progress. So I think that's gonna be a big area that he's gonna have to improve upon uh, as he grows in his career. His shot's gonna be a question mark and it's gonna be hard. you know, when, we, it, when the Magic get to the playoffs this year, um, it, Anthony Black may not be a player that can play a lot in the playoffs. Um, I think the Magic will play him there and take the lumps and, and maybe take the losses that come with it. Because that experience is more important for him than maybe winning a series as an eight seed or seven seed. Um, but it's going to be hard to play Anthony Black in a playoff series right now. Just he's he's just not there yet. Even if the defense is there, even if the passing, even if the pace of play is there, the shooting is just not anywhere near ready uh, for that, and, and it's going to take a while. Um, we knew that he might struggle a little bit with his floater game. That was a big. That was a big thing for him. Coming out of college was that his in-between game wasn't great, that his floater game, his ability to finish around the basket, his ability to finish with athleticism at the hoop, um, especially off the dribble, can be a little suspect. And again, this is where I think he was playing at kind of at his own pace and he was just kind of slow and moving through things. I'd like to see him be able to make that mix that pace up a little bit, explode to the basket, kind of hit the jets, stop, hit the jets again. That's really what makes great point guards of the NBA. Uh, and Anthony Black I think has that potential like you you saw it there how how much he controlled the pace of games was unbothered by defense by defenses that put pressure on him he can be that guy it's just going to take a little bit of time for him to get the experience and, and the know-how to know what to do um you know he said in an interview with the with the, with the magic.com um after Saturday's game that the big thing that he's going to be working on is everything obviously but he really wants to get stronger before the season starts and i think that's a really good place for him to start because the Magic essentially are going to use him as a defensive specialist his first year. I think that the Magic are going to hope that you know he you know when if when or if Jalen Suggs has to miss 15 games, Anthony Black just slides into that role and they don't lose much defensively. That they don't lose much. You know they know the shots are you know, Anthony Black's sh- shot is worse than Jalen Suggs, but they're not going to lose anything defensively. I think that's really what they kind of envisioned for him for his rookie year. His narrowly ta- his narrowly tailored role is. You know, run the point next to Cole Anthony, probably, but really focus on on being a strong defender uh, and, and use your defense to, to kind of create opportunities for us to get out in transition and the like. Um, that is that is where I think that Anthony Black stands. It was a good offseason, our good summer league. We saw some of the limits of his game right now. We saw the strengths. And, and again, most importantly, we saw that he could he could hold his own. We know we 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 know that he is not someone who can't play. He can play is just now figured out how much and how ready he's going to be. When we come back, we'll chat about Jet Howard and what we saw from him in Summer League coming up in just a moment. Before we dive into Jet Howard, though, I want to let you know that we are doing uh, a couple of fun things on the podcast this week. We're going to have a guest on Wednesday's episode, so I'll be recording that Tuesday. But Wednesday at 5 p.m., we're going to do a live mailbag episode of Locked on Magic. It's been a while since we've done a live episode. We no longer have Twitter spaces. Thank you, Elon, uh, for uh, to to be, to be able to do Twitter spaces that way, to be able to have interactions with you live. Um, but we are going to try to do something a little bit special still uh, nonetheless, um, the plan is to go live on YouTube at 5 PM. So if you want to join the show 5 PM Eastern time on the locked on magic YouTube page, you'll be able to watch the show live. I'll take your questions. I'll read comments. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll chat, we'll chat about things there, but I'm also going to make this, uh, at least a free version of this for this time around. Um, you can go to my Patreon page, Orlando magic hub. Uh, you can find the link as well at, um, on my Twitter page at PhilipRR underscore OMD. Uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to post the, the, the StreamYard link and allow people to come into the StreamYard uh, and ask their questions directly of me. Uh, that's going to be a Patreon exclusive feature moving forward. But for this first, first run through to make sure that I can get it to work, um, we will be making that available to everyone. And while you're there, you can check out what I have available on the Patreon page. Um, I have a fun video coming out later this week. Uh, breaking down some Palo Bancaro stuff as well as supplemental articles to what I'm doing at Orlando magic daily. And even some kind of sneak peek articles to what I'm writing at Orlando magic daily in the future as well. I'm really excited to start this Patreon page. So check it out at Orlando. I believe it's at, or I, I've titled it Orlando magic hub, um, but you can find the link. Uh, I'm posting links to it on my Twitter page at Philip R underscore. And it's also the pinned tweet at the top at the moment. Check it out today and really appreciate all the support that you can give. Uh, I am going to be giving some special perks to Patreon subscribers, including the ability to, to come on the show and ask questions directly on future Mailbag episodes. But this Wednesday, we will be doing a Mailbag episode at 5 p.m. But let's dive back in and talk a little bit about Jet Howard and what we saw from him. Um, Because Jet Howard, honestly, is someone that I'm really excited about. Um, He is someone that I think, A, just really really just gives the Magic so much something that they need. They desperately needed a player like Jet Howard, and, and and I think the Magic fans should be really, really excited about him. We all knew entering the draft process and entering uh, this offseason that the Orlando Magic needed to find shooting. That was priority number one for this team and priority number one uh, for this offseason. The biggest need they have— Getting shooting was going to just make everyone's life easy. The passing that we saw from Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, the cutting and driving from Markel Fultz, You know, Cole Anthony really developed well as a shooter as last year went on. Jalen Suggs started showing some hints that he could be a more consistent shooter. Uh, obviously, um, Markel Fultz started getting more comfortable taking threes. Paolo Bancaro got out of his shooting slump from February when they had the nerve issue. Um, Gary Harris was a fantastic three-point shooter. The Magic just need more shooting and more guys who can do multiple things. And while there was a lot of controversy and questions about the Magic ultimately selecting Jet Howard, Jet Howard proved that why the Magic really liked him. Um, They liked him because he's not just a shooter, or they hope that he can be not just a shooter. And and what we saw at Summer League was, number one, Jet Howard can shoot the cover cover off the ball. Um, He ended up scoring 13.3 points per game, Shot 15 for 39 from the floor, eight for 20 from beyond the arc range. Four of those three-pointers came in that last game against the New York Knicks, just kind of the breakout game where everything just seemed to click for him. And we really saw uh, what what makes him really, really special and really, really interesting for this magic team. What I really like about Jet Howard. Um, yes. The areas that he struggled are interesting in that he tried them. Um, his ability to shoot off the dribble, create a little bit off the dribble. He was able to create a little separation, able to get some step back breeze, able to get some step back mid-range shots. He did some interesting things off the dribble, but undoubtedly that was an area where he really struggled. Undoubtedly that was an area where he could continue to grow and and get better and and continue to improve uh, on that that front. Um, And that was... That was just not, again, that was just a, 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 an area that was good to see him explore. But when he gets to the main roster, he's not going to be asked to do that. When he gets to the main roster, he's going to be asked to do a lot of things that he, was do- that he was doing in that game against the Knicks. And that's why I really love that game that he had against the Knicks, his last game in Summer League, because we saw Jet Howard be the Jet Howard of October, of November, of December, of the season. Um, he was getting shots on the move, off pin downs, off curls. He was attacking the offensive glass. He was doing. He was playing the exact role he's going to play when he gets to the NBA. Gets to the NBA, and he was succeeding at it. Now, granted, again, summer league defenses, yada yada yada. But everything that we saw from Jet Howard in that game felt very replicable, and felt like it was something that can translate to the regular season. And that's why, honestly, like if I'm a Magic fan, I think Anthony Black may ultimately be a better player. Jet Howard is probably going to have a better rookie season, if I had to guess, um, because Howard's skills translate immediately and quickly to what the Magic are trying to do and to what the Magic are trying to accomplish. Uh, so I really, really, really enjoyed watching Jet play. I, we saw him explore again the, 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 the limits of his game a little bit, which I think is really important for, for a player like him to do. But we also saw him play better defense than, we, than he did in college he looked more energetic, he looked healthy, he looked spry, where he was able to kind of contribute in more ways than just a shooting. And I think that was always the big concern and the big worry about him coming out of Michigan. Uh, you know, he sunk down a lot of draft boards because the injuries kind of sapped him of all of his athleticism, so he wasn't able to show that. And he really struggled defensively. I think there are still areas where he's obviously going to have to get better. and We'll see what he does against NBA offenses but he didn't, he looked passable on defense. I wouldn't say he was good yet, but he looked passable on defense. Um, He looked energetic. He looked willing to try. And and again, that's just, that's just so much of the battle. That's half the battle with these things is that you're willing to put in the effort. You're willing to get better at your weaknesses. And he really showed that over the course of, of his time uh, in summer league. Uh, Again, like I think how, I think with rookies, you got to very narrowly tailor their roles. So like, Anthony Black's going to be defensive ace. The Magic don't want Jet Howard taking a you know 25 dribbles into a shot. They don't want him taking setback shots. They want him shooting threes. Be the spot-up shooter. Be the guy that we bring off pin downs. Be the guy that, that kind of sets up his shot, spaces the floor for us because I think defenses are going to quickly respect that three-pointer. Um, be, be that guy that's going to continually get better uh, and, and, and find and carve a role that could be really important for this team. I thought Howard had a really good summer league. Again, there, there are mistakes. You expect that from rookies. But like Anthony Black, Jed Howard looked like he belonged. He looked like he was one of the better players on the floor. He looked like he was a first-round pick. And I think, again, that's that's really what you want to see from summer league, that these guys have skills that will translate to the NBA, that they look comfortable, that they look confident on this, on this stage in summer league, uh, and that they... You know, don't look overwhelmed by what they're seeing and, and the defenses that they're facing and, and the pressure that they're facing. So, I really, really like what we saw from from. I really like what we saw from both the rookies. You know, I think the Magic did a good job with both these rookies. You know, Jed Howard shot better from three than Grady Dick. Um, you know, I think Jordan Hawkins had some kind of louder games, uh, but you know, I think Howard, I think Howard played his role, and I think he, I think the Magic feel very, very good about their pick at, at this juncture and at this point. We're going to talk more about Summer League recaps. We'll talk about the two-way question, the keyvon Harris question, as well as maybe some tactical questions that that maybe we'll bring in, bring about as well on Wednesday's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll get to that in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, but that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Please follow me on Twitter at philiprr_omd. underscore Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, your tune on Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the publics on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out Orlando Magic You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Oh Daily. Also, be sure to check out my Patreon page, Orlando Magic Hub. You can find a link to that on my Twitter page at Philip R underscore Omd. Should be the welcome post should be the uh pinned tweet at the top. Like I said, tomorrow for my everyday crew, we're gonna be chatting about uh Summer League a little bit more, what else we saw and what else we learned from Summer League. We'll get to that on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic pending other trade news. But until then, For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On.